Hello everyone. Uh, as your leader said, I'm, my name is Francois and I'm one of your missionaries serving in the province of Quebec, just close by, and uh, where we uh, are trying to do one thing is to help churches like this church to raise leaders in the context of the local church. Uh, we want to raise uh, deacons, uh, biblical counselor, men and women. We, we want to raise a uh, chaplain. Uh, we want to raise church mentors, evangelists, uh, pastors. And we want this to be done in the context of the local church. That's what we do. So we strengthen the church so they can have a, a program for training. Just before I preach, I just wanted to ask Gabrielle to give you in a three-minute uh, why did he left Brazil, uh, beautiful weather in Brazil, to come in the north in Quebec and be there with us? So can you share just a little bit? Yeah, sure. Good morning. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, as Francois said, uh, I came from Brazil. I'm a missionary in Quebec. I'm married. Uh, we have two children, uh, my wife and I. Uh, I will try to make a long story short <laughs> to, to help you to understand, but uh, when my wife and I, we got married, we understood God was calling us to become missionaries overseas. So I talked with my pastor, and he said, uh, okay, if you want to go to missions or to ministry, you need to do theological studies. That will be important. So we moved it to another city in, in southern Brazil, and I did a bachelor degree in theology. And after that, I talked with the mission board of our Baptist convention, and I said, okay, I did a bachelor in theology. We want to be missionaries. We understand God is calling us. And they said at that time, if you want to go to missions, you need to be a pastor first, at least for two years, uh, and then you have experience to become a missionary. So in that moment, I was invited to become a pastor in a church planting in southern Brazil, because southern Brazil is the area with less uh, Baptist churches per capita. So we started planting a church there, and the seminary invited me to, to work there, and they gave me a burst to, to, to do a master's degree in theology. So I started working in the seminary and planning a church in southern Brazil, and we did that for eight years. That was my ministry there. After eight years, uh, you know, I stopped thinking about going overseas. I thought, okay, maybe the mission field is here. We can stay. I started, uh, the kids arriving, we had our first daughter, the second one coming. And uh, I started thinking about going overseas, maybe to do another degree in theology. So I started preparing everything to come to Canada, I applied in a seminary here. I got a, a burs uh, scholarship, and I, I already prepared someone at the church to, to continue pastoring the church. Everything was ready for us to move to Canada. Then I received a phone call from a friend who is missionary in Quebec. And he said, Gabriel, they need someone here at the seminary. I think he, you should talk with Francois. <laughs> and I said, okay. Very and I have dangerous. A, yeah. Uh, and I had a conversation with Francois. And Francois told me about the need in Quebec and how the Quebecers are considered the largest unreached people group in all America and how Quebec has less than 1% of evangelical Christians really engaged with the gospel. And he started saying about the vision of Sembec of forming leaders in the context of the local church. And that really talked with us. And uh, we understood that that calling that God made to us 12 years before, and what we had in our hearts to go to an unreached people group, uh, I mean, 
It's like uh, God was preparing us for eight years in our ministry in Brazil to be able to come. And I said to Francois, Francois, uh, after our conversation, after a few days of prayer, prayer uh, if I say no, I mean, I understand that we'll be disobedient. So we accepted the calling and we came to Quebec. Uh, and we see that God is doing amazing things. Uh, the challenges are, we have great challenges, but we have a greater God. So I want to thank you for partnering with us. Uh, thank you for helping us to continue doing the ministry in Quebec. Uh, and that's it. And uh, praise Lord and thank you for your support. Thank you very much. Thank you. <clears throat> Let's pray. Our Father, it is your word. It is your spirit. Will you bless this congregation with your word this morning? Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, at the start of the book, uh, I want to share about those key verses uh, this morning with you. Philippians, chapter 1, and verse 3, uh, I'm going to read from there. I give thanks to my God, for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for you all, of you in my every prayer. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Indeed, it is right for me to think that way, this way about all of you, because I have you in my heart, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Let me start with a story in my life. I was serving in a Christian camp, met a young leader there, and he and his girlfriend at that time uh, was um, uh, actually uh, converted, uh, his, his girlfriend was converted to Christ through the ministry of preaching of the word. And I kind of met them there, and it stayed there for a couple of years. A uh, couple of years later, I was pastoring a church and this same guy called me and he said, Francois, do you remember me from the Christian camp? I said, yes. You know what? Uh, I have been transferred from my job and I'm in my honeymoon week and I didn't know about it, so I have no preparation. Could you help me out? I'll be arriving in two days. <laughs> so we organized something for them to be welcome and uh, received to a place and and be uh, uh, well surrounded for uh, their first week of marriage in a new city with uh, nothing in front of them uh, in terms of preparation. So it went very well. And this created kind of a friendship. We became friends and close to each other. He joined the church, and we were together uh, serving in that church for 10 years. I had to leave there to work at Sambac, but uh, through times... He became a businessman and called me to say that he wanted to support my ministry. 
So we had time together talking about that. A couple of years later, I had him in my heart, and I called him, and I said, why don't we go for a walk? Oh, he said, you're calling at the right moment. So we went for a walk, and he shared that he was going through very difficult things in his life. So we talked about it, and I, share, I, I uh, offer love and listening and offer a connection with a biblical counselor, and they went through it. It actually changed uh, his life, and he's very uh, grateful for that. And now we're, our friendship is just like every year growing because of partnering together like that. God has prepared just one ministry in a Christian camp, and now it's a solid partnership for the gospel in the ministry, even though we're not in the same city, we're close to each other. This is a story that how God works to create partnership for the gospel so he will be glorified and we will be transformed. And I'd like to talk this morning about this with you. The impact, the contribution of others in my life is very powerful and significant. Today I want to speak about the impact of others that brings recognition, joy. It brings also affection. And it also it originates or finds source in only one single person. Let's talk about that. When we receive, when we're in position of in a need, we need something, and someone come along and offer a service, a help, a support that, that met that need, our heart is full of joy automatically. We are impacted already by the person offering time or money or listening to help us in our needs. That's how it works for Paul. That's how it works for us today. This church, the Philippian church, was behind the ministry of Paul since the first day. And it, this created friendship and also a strong partnership. And, and because one is in a, in a need, the other one can help. This is what's happening here in the relationship. Paul was in prison. He couldn't work. He needed money. This church sent him some money for him to survive in prison. And Paul was so thankful for this church that he wanted them to write a letter and express some wisdom through it, but also lots of thankfulness. Paul, just the idea of the Philippian church in his mind bring joy in his heart. Just the just the thinking of those people, full of joy, full of gratefulness, they were precious for him. He has been helped at that church. He served them in the past, but now they are serving him. It's a, it's a strong relationship like we will see later on the round. But Paul is very grateful. He thinks about it. He, he knows the church is going through difficult times. He knows that he is in prison. But this is not what's going through his mind. It's not the actual circumstances that, that 
is uh, in his mind right now, it's, it's just prayer and joy for the Christian in Philippi. And that is a good, that, that's for me a challenge right there. You know what? Personally, when I am in a situation, my first mindset is to try to get things better all the time. What can we do better? This needs to be changed. This is not good. We can ameliorate this. Always like that. And when you're in that mood, you forget sometimes the people just in front of you. You understand what I mean? We sometimes are more focused on the context, the, our environment, our circumstances. And it's difficult for us to just be grateful to God of what's happening relationally, just close to us. We need sometimes to stop being in this production mode and being worshiping God and be thankful. And this is what God is telling us as an example this morning. It's a lot of challenge to be there. And you know what, Paul? What's interesting is even before thanking the Philippi themselves, he started to say, I, I give thanks to my God. Paul knows that the gift that he has received is not only from the Philippian church. This is something that God is involved. God is behind this network of relationship that create partners. And we are in the web of that. And we need to see it. And when we see it, our heart will be touched. We will be changed. We will see that God is behind those humans serving and exchanging relationship and providing and serving. I need prayer because it's a fruit of the Spirit in my life to do that. I don't know for you, but for me it is. You know what? There's a second challenge. Sometimes we don't want to be in that partnership because sometimes we can feel that the church, oh, maybe we're too idealistic and we think the church is, is not enough good for me to serve there. Or, or maybe we're too mystic, like it's going to be me and Jesus alone. Or maybe we do it by ourselves, everything. In our American lives right now, we sometimes have the ability to cover for everything. We don't have any needs. We don't want to be served. It's humbling us to be served. And sometimes we even think we don't deserve anything. Or we deserve everything we receive. And because we think we deserve everything we receive, you know what? There is no joy. No one gets a paycheck and celebrate. Yes! Thank you, boss. You're so good. You know? We receive our paycheck and we look if it's the good amount because we pay. We are worked for it. Aren't we? Paycheck is deserved. Anything coming from God and our brothers and sisters 
It's not deserved. It's grace. It's grace that we receive. But sometimes if we close our heart, we don't want to be served. We're going to do it ourselves. We are blocked from this precious gift of relationship and partnership. Paul is really... Uh, you want to thank God for one specific thing in the passage we read. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Because of your partnership in the gospel. When Paul told them he wants to go further to plant new churches, he needed to be partnering with them and they offer to partner from the first day to, to provide all he needs for him to go and plant new churches. He said, you are partnering with me. The word in Greek is quanonia. It's like a rich communion. We are connected through the Spirit for the gospel together. This church, people coming at this church, are already connected through the Spirit as partners for the gospel. All your gifts are different, and everyone will provide. You're already in a local partnering. We're going to develop this. But there is also partnering above even this local church, like you're doing with Sambek. You're partnering with us. Because of your partnership in the gospel, leaders can preach the gospel to non-Christian in Quebec. This is beautiful, isn't it? God could have sent a plane with money into it and opened the door and the money will fall uh, in Quebec, so preach the gospel. That's not the way God's work. He used partnering people together in a network, a strong network. So I want to say to the, this to keep on going. You know what? We need to understand ourselves as partners in the gospel for each other. And this is like big. If you're partners with everyone in the local church, plus the people outside, the non-Christian for the gospel, and all your relationship outside of this, oof, it seems to be big. That's why we haven't read it, but in verse 9 to 11, Paul is asking a prayer for them to, to do the priorities, to, to, to try to discern what are the, the, the best things to do, because there's so much to do, and we need to go in that direction, to pray that God would lead us in this strong partnership for each other. You know what? Every time, there's going to be service toward each other. You're partnering for the gospel. It's a beautiful way to say that. Ask yourself, how can I be this partner? This partner that will create because of the impact on the others, the contribution of, the, of me in the lives of others will bring prayers, joy, and gratefulness. That's how we can see this. And we want to become great partners. Imagine all the partners 
for the gospel that I've worked for this church to be here today. Imagine all the people in the past that provided money and, and, and provided for leaders to get in here and for people who preach the gospel and, and who maintain the church. That's all your partners from the past. And you're already the partners for the futures of those who will come here and hear the gospel for the first time in the, in the year to come. And apply it also just for your life. Imagine all the people, all the partners for the gospel who invested in your life for you to be here today. Stop thinking about it. Who was there to be faith, being faithful to God and minister to you? Maybe in a Christian camp when you were a kid or at work or somewhere in your life or a leader that was there at the right moment for you. How many partners for the gospel God provided for you to be here this morning uh, listening to the word of God or maybe it's the first time and these people in the room will be your first partner for the gospel. Think about it. Spoke to a guy recently that was from Togo and he was here in Quebec now and he's a preacher in a church and he just realized that missionary was sent to Togo so a church could be started in his village. And because of that ministry, he came to Christ. How many Christians provided money for that missionary to go in that village in Togo so a church could be planned? And he started to cry, to realize the partnering of the gospel, the web of partnership for him to just be a preacher of the gospel in Quebec today. I don't know for you, but in my life, I can think about dozens of people that was just there in my life in every season to prepare me to, to serve Jesus and, and impact my life. I remember a, a, a guy called Michael and I was just a teenager, uh, a, a young adult, like 18 years old in my church and, and unsatisfied by my Christian life. I was still new. I was brought to faith at 15. I don't have any Christian heritage, no background. And going to the youth group and this Michael told me, Francois, would you like to be a disciple for Jesus? And my eyes were just like, yes. I was waiting for that. And he brought me with him. And you know what? The first weekend happened and, and I said, let's go and watch a movie. I said, Francois, I've got something better for you. Yes. He brought me in downtown Montreal in a park, open park, to preach the gospel with people there. I didn't even know how to share my faith. What I said was terrible. <laughs> so he brought me to McDonald's and he chat with me and explained to me how we, we, 
We bring Jesus in the conversation, and, and he trained me, and, and we were praying together, and my life was transformed. What I didn't know is I'm going to be a high school teacher a little bit later, and Michael was in the city where I, was, I, I would go, and he, and he tell his pastor, because it was for Christianity something, and he talked about me, and I moved with him and as a roommates uh, to be my first place. I'm going to serve the Lord, and he opened the doors for me. Again, God used him in my path. He was my partner in the gospel. He's with the Lord today. But every time we meet in the past, even if it's a couple years I've passed, we were close as we have not been not together for so long. You understand what I mean? God is using so many people in so many ways. But he wants you to understand that you can be partners for the gospel and bring joy, gratefulness, and a lot of good in the life of others. If you see your life as being able to serve like the Philippian church was, they, they heard probably Paul is in prison. Their first question, what, 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 what can we do? And they raise money. And they send someone. Imagine the joy of Paul receiving this gift while he is in prison. You know what? Partnering will bring you when people are maybe through their most difficult season in their life. Sometimes we do terrible things. We are so shameful of what we do. And if a partner's come in that season of our life, it will create a bond and it's going to be very special. And God will receive the glory. And both will make cry together. Something will happen. Our best partners are those who come when we are going through difficult times. One, the church I was is supported by partners also. And one of the partners in states uh, was reading the newsletter. And he said, how many conversions did you add last, uh, last year? Oh, only two or three? We stopped giving you money. Not enough conversion. We don't want partners like that. They're not focused on the strong relationship that we see in the text. We want to serve even when it's the difficult time. And one of the, thing, one of the details, he said, you're partnering in the gospel from the first day. What creates a long and strong partnership? Consistency through the time. And this is what Paul is experiencing. We never know. You know, I went to visit for six months a hunt uh, on my father's side. She was going through uh, a severe cancer. And uh, I wanted to visit her many times. Maybe God will open the door to share about the gospel. I did, but she was totally close. 
to any share. She will die in a couple of days and, and would not be interested at all to talk about spiritual things. I was sad about that. But the day before she died, we were a couple of people from the family around her. One of my cousins was there, Lucy. Lucy said, can I talk to you? And, and she shared with me that she was interested in spiritual things. And there was a Christian in her life sharing about the gospel since many years and devoted her time to serve her and spend time. And I was amazed to realize that this lady, Bianca, was involved and, and I, she was there with me and I realized this, the reason I was there and, and trying now to, to make sure that one day she could go further and become a disciple of Jesus. And I don't know which one God will use, me or others. And it can take years. But we're, Bianca and me and the further on the road are partnering for the gospel and we don't even know each other. It's above us. It's greater than us. It's so big. Now, I forgot to ask when, when I need to finish this. What's, what's the time? <laughs> I can move, you know, all day. But there's probably a, a deadline here, and the trap will open. And, so uh, what's, what's, the, what's the, the... Ten minutes. Thanks. Paul talked about what happened in the past. He's talking about what's going on in the present. But he wants them to focus also on what is going on in the future. Look, verse 6. I am sure of this. That he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When we partner for the gospel, we can have something in our mind. The promise of the future. Yes, it's costing us times, money, energy to partner. But there's something sure. God has started a good work. Noth here. It's a good work singular. One good work. All your life being transformed into the likeness of Christ to meet him one day in person and be completely transformed. That's for, for Jesus, that's one good work, but not any good work. The word here is like the word of an, uh, the masterpiece of an architect or the masterpiece of a painter, a, a gem, a, a, a diamond. It's, it's the beautiful work. And Paul is telling them, this beautiful work, this gem, this, this most perfect piece of heart from the greatest artist of the, of the world will we complete this work he has started and it will one day be, be fully complete. And for the glory of God, God is behind all this. And it's doing that for each of you 
who know Jesus Christ this morning. And it's a promise. He will do it. Maybe you're partnering for the gospel right now and you don't see the fruit, but there's a promise. It will be done. You know what? In my report card, there is some incomplete and some fails. But in God's report card, there will never be an incomplete or a fail. It's a promise. Amen? He will do it. Using you as a gospel partner and transforming people and doing his work. The question is, we can pray in the morning and ask if our lives are connected to this master goal of Jesus. Am I aligned? Am I, am I partnering to impact others for the glory of God as I should? What needs to be changed? That's the question we can challenge in our heart more and more because we want to be there where God is and where God is working and we want a partnering. There's so much we can do. But when we partner, my second point was just to say that the contribution of other brings a, a sharing of affection. Look in this text. The, the memory I have of you. Uh, and I, I bear you in my heart. When you partner, you create strong relationships. And God will receive the glory. He said, I cherish you with the tenderness of Jesus Christ. In chapter 4, he will say, You are my joy and my crown. I so much desire to see you again. Isn't it beautiful? That's partnership for the gospel. I don't know what the image you have of Paul. Did you see Paul as like a doctor in theology in an office with many books? Like the best apologetics in town? Maybe he was, but he was also for his brothers and sister like a father or a mother. He, he, even me, I would be like, what a sentence. I cherish you with the tenderness of Jesus Christ. If Paul was in Richmond Hill this morning, we would like him to be in this room. That's what the Philippi would have done everything they could to have Paul with them. He was filled with the Spirit, and he was called by God. He was gifted. But he has a clear love in his partnership, a love that was ready to sacrifice. Helping, serving, being partners brings strong affection. And we want to be there in the lives of others when they need it, not just when the fruits are there.
Now, all of this, where all of this is coming from. You know what? This loving community, serving each other, being partners for the gospel with even people in Quebec like you do and all over the world and all this network of people. You know what? Everyone in the society is dreaming of that. Because we were created for that kind of relationship, that kind of partnering, that kind of human relationship. It's universal. Everyone in this city is running and seeking for that. They're going through philosophies and religion, and they are seeking to go and to have those virtues either in their lives or in the people for them. That's what they're striving for in so many ways. What's the difference between the gospel of Jesus Christ and all of these efforts people are doing to receive that? There's one, one, one very big difference. In all the philosophies of the world, in all the religion of this world, in all the paradigms and the ideas of this world, you have to work hard to deserve a result. In the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's the inverse. God himself sent Jesus. He worked hard. He did the work he did everything that was needed. He sent his only son to be killed, to, 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 to go through suffering and sins and died on the cross. So by faith in him, we can receive all the grace, all the gift, all the benediction to be transformed in this union with Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? We need to receive. We don't have to work. I'm not saying that we don't have anything to do. But when we're going to do something, it's going to be out of joy of the impact of Jesus in my life. Love will raise in my heart and I will want at my time to go in and impact the others. If Jesus never impacted you, you are unable to go and impact others with eternal results. So we need to go back to the cross and remember how have we been impacted by this union with Jesus Christ by faith, all the transformation that I received there and that I didn't deserve at all. And when you come there as a sinner and you receive grace, you're so blessed, full of joy, and you're able now to partner yourself for the gospel and be there for those who need it. Jesus is the only source that transforms us. It makes anything possible.
He is our model. Through Him, through our union with Him, through the love of God that we receive at the cross, through the sacrifice of Jesus, we are transformed. And the gospel bring in with the Spirit in us. We are willing to go to pray and listen and to partner with those that God will bring in front of us. Brothers and sisters, receive Christ. It's the only way to impact others. Let's pray. Our Father, this is your word. Bless your church. Transform each of one of us this morning through your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.